I would say good morning to everyone, and it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to feel his presence, and it's good to sing praises to his name. And I'm so very thankful, my brothers and sisters, that the blood of Jesus sets men free, gives us liberty, sets the captive free. And those of us that um, today are maybe feeling a little stir-crazy and are feeling a little apprehensive and are feeling um, somewhat confined and our freedoms that we take for granted have somewhat been compromised. Uh, I just want to let all of us know today that God is aware of our situation and that he is in complete control over what we're facing and what we're experiencing. And our liberty and our freedom and all of the things that we enjoy are found still in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Today is Palm Sunday, brothers and sisters, and I, I just want to say to you, um, I hope you're ready for Easter. I'm ready. Um, you know me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a foodie, I love food, I love celebration. My love language to many people that I love is, is about celebration around the table. But it'll be a little different this year. It'll be more focused on Christ. It'll be more focused, I think. <laughs> it's not about the Easter Bunny. My wife has a little saying at the house, silly rabbit. Easter's not about the Easter Bunny, it's about Jesus. And it'll be, it'll be exciting this year to celebrate the resurrection. But today is Palm Sunday, and we, I want to just do a lesson this morning and a message on this beautiful time of year. You know, we call this, as Christians, the coming of Holy Week. Um, I'm going to, uh, maybe we can switch to our PowerPoint, Brother Micah. Uh, the title of this message today is, Our King is Coming. And the season has arrived for Easter, and this is the kickoff, Palm Sunday. And part of my message today to you is that we're going to talk about um, seasons. We'll wrap up with a little discourse on that. I, I gave a little bit of a scripture reading on our testimony meeting Wednesday night, but I want to elaborate on that. God is in charge, brothers and sisters, of a time appointed for his great work. Amen. And this was the time appointed. Jesus had been born. The time was appointed for that, brothers and sisters and friends and church family. It was a time appointed for him to come upon the earth and deliver the gospel message. And when that time was appointed, he, he delivered. But you know, brothers and sisters, what I want to say to you as now this time was appointed that the scripture says he set his face toward Jerusalem. The time was at hand. As the song rings out, it was coming the crucifixion day of Jesus. And oh, he wasn't afraid of it. You know, right now we, we're in this season of pandemic. It's not new to the human family. And it's painful, brothers and sisters and friends and church family. It's painful. Well, let me tell you, what was facing the Lord in this last week of his life was going to be very painful. But he wasn't going to shrink from it. The season had arrived. Let me set the stage for you, brothers and sisters. 
You know what the Lord had normally done in three and a half years? He stayed with small groups. It's good small groups. We do it here in Mesa. We speak to small groups. Um, the curtain rises now, and he's done with small groups. Now he's going to go into the city of Jerusalem where awaits him the cross. They're estimated there, brothers and sisters and friends, this morning was about two and a half million people that were gathering for the Passover. Can you imagine this scene? And now Jesus is at the Mount of Olives, and now he calls for his appointed time. Even the way he was going to enter was all ordained of God and set. And he was no longer going to be avoiding crowds and avoiding the whole message of who he was. No, now it was time for him to be revealed. And so people spread out on the road branches and they began to lay their coats and their cloaks in the way. And you know, brothers and sisters, what I want to call out today and friends and our church family and those of you that are listening this morning, I want to call out that our king, he's a different kind of king. I watch all the news conferences and I see President Trump and I see all of his advisors and you just look at that and you see the pressure that is on the most powerful man in the world right now under duress. Just think about it. We don't do too well in, in our United States. We don't understand too much kings and monarchies. We, we look from a distance and we read history, but we understand presidents. We understand great officers and leaders. We understand prime ministers. Well, let me tell you what, most royalty comes determined to rule. When Trump took office, he didn't come to not set an agenda. And I have to tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, that this was exactly the opposite. Jesus came to serve us. Most kings and presidents spend time building their ego. They, they sometimes wonder even if they're qualified. Some are born into this through a lineage. I want to tell you what, Jesus came with humility. He was qualified. Trying to get the screen to advance. Here we go. He knew who he was. He knew where he came from, brothers and sisters and friends. Jesus knew who he is today. He was the Messiah, spoken of by all the holy prophets throughout the ages of time. And where, at times, he would allow this to be revealed in the three years and that he preached and he taught, now it was time as he was going into Jerusalem to let everyone know he was the anointed Messiah. He was the Son of God that was come to save them from Adam's sin and to bring about salvation. He was preparing for this kind of entrance. The entrance that the prophets foretold. And I, I want to just take us, and Micah, if you could take the uh, listening audience, let's take them to Zechariah, 9-9, nine, nine, and it's so beautiful that here 
in this beautiful scripture, Zechariah says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation. Lowly, look at the meekness of Jesus, and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. We can go back to the presentation. You know, brothers and sisters, what I want to say to you here is that our president comes to us in our city in a massive 747 designed at Air Force One to bring him all the luxuries. Think about how they come. Jesus didn't come on a white steed, a, a stallion that represented authority and, and, a, and a general of war. No, no. No, he came on a, on a colt, on an ass that represented peace and humility. Can you imagine when the people seen him come down? He descended down out of the Mount of Olives into the holy city, and there he was on a lowly colt. They probably thought, is this what a king, is this how he comes to us? Although they were very fickle. He was ordained for this entry, brothers and sisters. It was the time for the plan of salvation to be completed. The great work of God the Father was going to complete the plan on Calvary in just a week. And he declared on this day, I am the king. Not mockingly, he declared it because he was such, such a loving God. You know, scripture teaches us. Right after this, he went into the streets of Jerusalem. What do you think he did? He began to heal the sick. He had compassion for such the people that needed him. He declares today, brothers and sisters, I want you to know this today. He declares today that he wants to enter our lives. He wants to enter the Jerusalem of your heart, my heart, and he wants to proclaim that he's your king today. And so the question is, are we opening to that? Are we acknowledging that Christ is our king, or is it only through condition, a conditional acknowledgement? Well, let's go on and let's, uh, let's see if that's what our hearts and souls say. Our king comes with a compassion for souls. You know, if you get a chance, and we won't have time today, I want you to read the whole account in Luke. Luke kind of calls out something that uh, none of the other writers do. Hours after his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, Luke calls out that he went up on a hill and he overlooked the whole city. And scripture says, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and he wept over it. What presidential candidate trying to run for office in 2020 would weep over the conditions of our country and the conditions of people. If they did, friends, this morning, I would tell you, we would think they'd be weak. But Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He literally cried. Why? Because he said, if thou hast known, even thou, at least in this day, the season had arrived, brothers and sisters and friends. It was here. That's why he had this sense of urgency. The things which belong to thy peace. If you had only known what 
your heritage would be through Jesus Christ, through me, which was promised by all the prophets. Friends, this morning, the prophets all foretold of this day. God's promise to Abraham that every nation of the world would be blessed through his seed was now coming to fruition, and Jesus was crying because it was hid from their eyes. Because thou knewest not the time of his visitation. They didn't know the season was upon them. What season is it now, brothers and sisters and friends? What season is upon us now? Are you contemplating that? Or are you so taken up, and am I taken up, by the things that are going on around us that we're not actually seeing the season for really what it is? You know, they were under siege. They wanted liberation from Rome and from their captors, but Christ came to liberate their souls this morning. His blood sets men free. And they weren't willing. How about us today? You know, this is something that I think is so very important. Our king today comes sounding a note of judgment. Scripture teaches that right after his triumphal entry, he went to the temple because he wasn't going to shirk from his duty. He was going to speak the word of God unto the people. And the temple was filled with sin. Brothers and sisters, the scripture says that he overturned the money tables and he began to actually chastise the people because they turned his house into a den of thieves. Christ came and he was there to also call out judgment. You know, our elected officials, sometimes they tell us what we want to hear. I got to believe in all of what's going on today. See if you agree with me that the messages we're getting is maybe half-truths, not all. Some because maybe they don't know, but some because they make a decision, the people just don't need the truth. Well, I want to tell you something. Jesus never kept us in the dark. He called it out and gave us truth the moment he opened his mouth. He didn't come to buy their favor. He came telling them what they needed, what, not what they wanted. They wanted freedom from Rome. And he told them they needed salvation to be reconciled to their father, God. He told them that the wages of sin is death. Someday they're going to stand before God and be accountable for all that has been done in this life. Alma 42 says this life is a season, a time for preparation to meet God. Finally, he warns, he warns of judgment, total alienation and separation from himself over and over again, brothers and sisters and friends that are listening this morning. The Lord Jesus gave them a picture that they should never want to be separated from him. Not everyone that calls out, Lord, Lord, will be found in the kingdom of God, he told them. And he warns also of hell. He didn't tell them that they just need to have positive thinking. He didn't tell them that they could read all the self-help books and get better. You know what he told them, friends, this morning? He told them that without me, you can do nothing. He told them that without Jesus, there is no hope for the world. He told them that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
that whosoever would believe on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. He told them that he didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world, brothers and sisters and friends. Yes, the season was upon the Jews. It was a time to be direct. It was a time to be confrontational. He wasn't going to shrink from his duty. It was crucifixion day coming up a week from, from that day. And I got to believe Jesus was looking to the cross. Well, I want to wrap up with this. I quoted this beautiful scripture Wednesday night. And to everything, brothers and sisters, there is a season. I hope you would agree with me. It's the word of God. Ecclesiastics, oh, the wisdom of Solomon when he writes this. You know, contemporary groups sing songs about this. But it could never ring more true today in the condition we find ourselves in on this beautiful Palm Sunday. In the midst of social distancing and isolation, I have to tell you this morning, I digress. I told AJ this morning I had more butterflies in my stomach than preaching to a thousand people at our general church conference. Because it's new, and it's different, and you don't know what to expect. To everything, there is a season. Brothers and sisters and friends, this morning, there is a season. A time to every purpose under heaven. This isn't just happening today because it's just, oh well, God woke up this morning and we have a disease, an affliction, we have a virus. No way. To everything, there is a purpose under heaven and a time appointed. And I might not know why yet. Neither do you. But God will reveal that in his time. But this much I take comfort in. I take comfort in the fact that it is his purpose under heaven that we go through this period of separation. In this beautiful scripture, it says, and I called it out on Wednesday night, there's a time to laugh and there's a time to cry. We're crying right now. This beautiful day that Jesus entered into Jerusalem, he cried, brothers and sisters. He wasn't joyful. He knew what he was facing. There's a time to dance and there's a time to weep, the scripture says, and a time to mourn. There's a time to embrace. I love to embrace. I'm Italian, and I'm also loving and touching. But I'm refraining from embracing my grandchildren and my children right now. But the scripture says there'll be a time to embrace. There's a time to refrain, but there'll be a time of rejoicing, brothers and sisters. Remember about a season. A season has a beginning. It has a middle, and it has an end. It doesn't last. And God's in charge of the season. God's in charge. Who tells the flowers when to wake up? Who tells the trees and the birds when to start singing again from their migration and their, and their silence over winter? All of nature knows and obeys the God of the universe and the God of the whole earth. And brothers and sisters, I tell you that COVID-19 will obey the God of the planet earth, and that's Jesus Christ. So I want to ask us this morning, when is it our season to serve the Lord? I hope we could all say it's always the season. It's like an evergreen tree. 
It's like a tree that has a leaf that never withers. It's always the time to serve the Lord while we have breath and while we have life. Because when there's death, there's no more time. That The probationary time is over. Is this the time where he's calling out, either you are with me or you're not? There is no neutral with the Lord, brothers and sisters. There's no gray with God. I pray thee that we would, if we're contemplating, if you don't have a church that you belong to, if you don't have Christ as your Savior, maybe right now we can't actually go to the waters of baptism, and that's okay, God understands. But you know what's still alive is your faith in Christ. And I read in the scriptures that we repent by faith. We come to Christ by faith. By faith we speak of Christ. We teach of him. That our children might know where to look for remission of sins. You know, brothers and sisters and friends, the Jews sang out hosannas to God, to Jesus, which literally means save now. Do we mean that? Are we crying out, save us from COVID-19? Or are we really crying out, Lord, save our souls? Our souls are more, most precious. Our souls are what need saving, brothers and sisters, by the cleansing blood of Jesus that washes us white as snow. Are we serious this morning? Well, I hope we are. I hope you can understand Yes, this season will pass. And when we look back on it, the witness will come after the trial of our faith. Amen. God is faithful, brothers and sisters. But I pray thee in this beautiful Palm Sunday that we will not miss the visitation of the Lord Jesus in our lives. I pray thee that when he visits you, your heart will be open. My heart will be open. That when Christ visits us, we will say, come in, Lord. Come in and sup with me. Come in and cleanse my life. Come in and make me better, Lord, through your Holy Spirit. Oh, that's why Christ came. How he wept over Jerusalem and said, how oft I would have gathered you as a hen gathers his chicks. And, and that wing of protection wanted to, he wanted to put around them. He wants to do the same with us, brothers and sisters. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Brother A.J. said. And so I say to you today, may God bless you. Have a wonderful Palm Sunday. Think upon the things of Jesus this week and what he suffered and endured for all of us in our sin. Oh, hallelujah, thine the glory we sing. For Jesus was the lamb slain, and he took away all our sin and all our pain. Oh, he is so worthy to be praised. Praise the Lord today. May God bless you, my brothers and sisters and friends. And we humbly ask God to give you protection and his grace this week. God bless you. What a beautiful message of hope and reminding us that there are times, there are seasons in our lives that come, but we know through our faith in Jesus Christ, he can get us through. And as I was listening to Brother Pete, and he actually quoted the verse at the end, I was picturing Christ up on the mount, and as he looked down on Jerusalem and cried, I wondered what was going through his mind, and that verse that Brother Pete quoted at the end came to me, and it says, O Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens. 
under her wings, and you would not. And I believe that this is both a spiritual reference for each of us individually, as well as something even greater that we believe is still coming. And how many times has Christ reached out to you? How many times has he tried to reconcile you to him? And every single one of us, we make mistakes and we fall, and every single time he reaches out to us and brings us back in. And if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, that's what he is doing. Time and time again, he reaches out to you because he loves you. And it says, For I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. You see, as a church, we believe that in order to see Jesus Christ again, his second coming, we talk about a regathering of the house of Israel. But more importantly, this message is for you today. That we all need to first and foremost recognize and understand that Jesus Christ must become first in our lives. Without that, all of our beliefs mean nothing. So is there a season in our lives? Yes. Is that season to serve him today here for you? Amen. It's my prayer that we use this time, that our, as our schedulers are different, that we would look to Jesus Christ more, that you would study his word, that you would find these videos helpful, that they might be an uplift to you, that you might pray more, that you might fast more to grow closer to him. May God bless us this coming week. May God bless you and your families today as we are separate. We look forward to seeing you again when we can gather in these buildings. So those who are able, we're going to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the wonderful message again of Christ our King, our Savior. Lord, we thank you for his love that we have in our lives. We thank you for his grace that fills us today. Knowing that no matter how many times we fall, no matter how many times we struggle, he's there to forgive us and he's quick to forgive us. And Lord, as we prayed earlier, as there are many in need today, that there are many who are sick, that there are many spiritually searching for hope, I pray that they might find hope in Jesus Christ today that he might fill their lives, that he might fill the voids that people are looking for today. So Lord, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus Christ. And as we celebrate this week, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, may that message reign true in our lives. Lord, that every day we might understand that we have a hope of eternal life through your son, Jesus Christ. And that this week, more than ever, as we are separate, that that hope might ring true. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We ask this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.